Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Seriously, if you want to relieve stress, go to the Word of God. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's just so weird, isn't it? Yes. People say stuff like that. I apologize for it. Are you kidding me? Let's all do baptism. And I have a little pool here and we'll all feel nice and relaxed. That's baptism. No. Baptism is a sacred Christian rite. All the various yogas are sacred Hindu rites. Wake up, America! It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let the homeschoolers wait. It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio, a homeschool conventions. I dig them, I dig them a lot. If you've never been to one, go. Maybe you don't have kids, go anyway. <laughs> you're just going to find so many Christian resources, you're going to leave with bags full of stuff. And if you are thinking about homeschool, Homeschooling, no better place to get started than a homeschool conference, specifically the one I have the privilege of speaking at today, last night, tomorrow. Teach them diligently in Pigeon Forge. They do have more, perhaps in a zip code near you. Learn more and teach them diligently. And let's get to the mailbag filled with questions, comments, conundrums, snarks. Sent to idea at wretched.org. All righty. Well, we it went well. Thanks for asking, Jimmy. It, it did. The, the, the presentation last night uh-huh. mm-hmm. went great. Thanks for asking. How did it go, Todd? Oh, no. It's too late for that. <laughs> Sorry. Did you see the. Okay. I understand mistakes made are can be made. The Teach Them Diligently website. <laughs> they they put my picture. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Oh. All right. Then, then what am I talking about? That went around the office. <laughs> <laughs> they put you, uh, they, they put your name under the picture of a, a lady. Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea Cameron. <laughs> they, they had me as Chelsea Freel. So apparently I'm transitioning to becoming Kirk Cameron's wife. I wish somebody had told me. Idea at wretched.org. This is. It uh, went really well last night. Thank you. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Thanks, Chelsea. All right. From uh, from Jill. Uh, Todd, uh, recently I've noticed a shift in how some churches, including my own, are choosing to celebrate or mark Mother's Day. In the past, we would honor mothers with special sermons and recognition for their roles in family and society. But it seems to be fading, replaced by brief acknowledgments or even silence. So that leaves me wondering, are we witnessing some type of trend away from honoring mothers? Well, Maybe, maybe not. It could be that some churches are following corporations who are trying to erase Mother's Day. There's a number of companies that were listed. I I can't remember. Uh, Fry's was one of them, the electronic store. They sent an email out to their consumer base stating, if Mother's Day offends you, then please respond to this and we won't send you any Mother's Day announcements. Well, we'll... We'll send you the rest of our woke announcements, but nothing about Mother's Day. So if Mother's Day offends you, then please let us know that Mother's Day is offensive when you hear those words. 
<laughs> so what are they doing? What's going on? Maybe there's an off chance. They're actually being thoughtful. There are a lot of women who wish they were mothers. They really do. And it is a painful holiday for many. And maybe they're showing the sensitivity that the church should and maybe are. But I suspect there's a more nefarious kind of a race woman woke agenda going on. But what inside of a church, when a church stops focusing on national holidays, it might be that they are making some sort of nefarious comment. You don't know unless you ask. But maybe, just maybe, they're trying to remove anything from the Christian service that isn't in the Bible. In other words, they're not allowing a secular national holiday to infiltrate the service. Now, I don't think it's a sin if you do. Uh, we're, we're not knuckleheads. We're aware of what's going on in the planet. And there, it's entirely wholesome to celebrate moms or dads. It's not a sin, but maybe churches are thinking, but why are we incorporating something about Mother's Day when we're here to focus on Jesus Christ? So what's going on in your church? The definitive answer is, I don't know. If it troubles you, do what we should always do. Let it rest a bit. Let it sit. Don't respond immediately. Wow, if I had to learn that lesson. Something happens inside. You kind of get lit up a little bit and you go to your texter machine. Put it down. Relax. Go to bed. Wake up the next day. If it continues to trouble you that, hey, I think there's something that is a little bit dark about the decision to turn the lights out on Mother's Day, then respectfully, prayerfully, just ask your elders about it. And might I suggest, not before or after the church service, they're just thinking about other stuff. Hopefully they are. To crash into your pastor, he's on his way to go into the church. Hey, pastor, what's up with Mother's Day? Um, uh, I'm working on Luke 12 in my mind. Mother's, yes, happy Mother's Day. Is it Mother's Day? Did we forget about my, don't do that to your pastor. Ask respectfully and thoughtfully and you'll have your answer. And then you can send a question, comment, conundrum, snark to idea at wretched.org. All right. Spoke about central interpretive motif. Oh, last night. No, thanks for asking. Well. Yeah. Central. <laughs> what's your central interpretive motif? Yes. You got one? You do. <laughs> do I? Everybody does. Tell me. Central interpretive motif. What's the big thing you're thinking about when you read the Bible? What have to be really careful with the phraseology on this. What is the primary attribute of God you're considering when you read through a text? You're not always mindful of it, but most of us have them. And if we don't, we probably should get one. And you say, what's with the fancy lingo? And what does this have to do with me reading the Bible? Well, Let's take John 3.16. We all know the verse. Let's say that when you think about God, you think about holiness and judgment, right? How are you going to read John 3.16? You are going to gloss over, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish. Perish. God's going to perish, people. That you're going to put the emphasis on the thing that you're most considering when you read your Bible. Now, what if your central interpretive motif is love? 
Well, you are going to explain the perishing part as an act of love because of God's righteous justice. In other words, your central interpretive motif, it is going to color the way that you read the Bible. And I'm not sure that it's always even healthy to figure out what it is, but I do think it's healthy to be aware that we can have them and we can bring even at different days, different times of reading, uh, different thoughts about God. And we just want to be mindful of that so that we don't take an imbalanced approach to reading and understanding our Bibles. So thanks for asking. We talked about our central interpretive motif. Well, thanks for sharing. It's really good. (laughs) I mean, nobody said that. But I heard it. You you knew. (laughs) And if you missed it, it was amazing. Trust me. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one is from Chris. Todd, the doctrine of original sin suggests that all humans are born in sin. Considering the affirmation of the early church that Jesus was fully man and fully God, wouldn't Jesus, being fully human, also have original sin? Oh, sure. That's that's a great question. And they did wrestle with that because it is a reasonable question. The answer is no, he didn't have original sin because he didn't have a sinful father. He had a heavenly father that overshadowed a woman who was a sinner. But the sin, if you will, is passed through the seed. There was no seed from a human involved. Therefore, Jesus was born sinless. That cannot be said of Mary. She did not have an immaculate conception, but Jesus was conceived without sin. Idea at wretched.org. All right. This one is from Adrian. Todd, I just received Yo. I just received a fly, <laughs> flyer in the mail. Every Adrian loves that. Yeah. Yo, ah, <laughs> Yo Adrian. <laughs> so I would never do that. You would never do that. No. I just received a flyer in the mail that asked for my help smuggling Bibles into a non-friendly country. Uh Should we be doing things that are against the nation's laws, even for good reason? That is a really hard question, because what you would be doing is good, and yet it would be illegal. In my opinion, we have to ask a different question. Is it a sin if you don't? Are you commanded to specifically go to that territory and do that? There is a big difference between I really want to, I have compassion for those people, and is it a sin if I don't do it? If it is a sin if you don't do it, then I would suggest you figure out a way to do it and be prepared to pay the price. But if it isn't, and if there are options, I think you have the option of saying, as much as I would like to bring the Bibles in there, I'm going to take that time, energy, and money and bring them there because the door has been closed and you wouldn't be sinning. So I do believe you have an option. But you know, Jimmy, as long as you brought up Bibles into foreign lands, uh-huh. we're trying to get some Bibles to the Philippines. Would you please go to wretched.org slash Bible? We're partnering with TMAI to send John MacArthur Study Bibles to the Philippines legally. You can learn more at wretched.org slash Bible. This is Wretched Radio. So you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. 
then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God it's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. You know, what used to be a movie is now a sad reality. We're living in a world that's gone absolutely bonkers. So much so that six mads just aren't enough to describe it. Social media may be bombarding us left and right. Our Christian worldview may be under assault, but we have the dynamic duo of Todd Friel and Dr. Nathan Buznitz, and they're coming to the rescue with Wretched Worldview 2, tackling 22 of those pesky, thorny, contemporary issues through a biblical lens, helping us to defend the biblical view on things like sexuality and gender, critical race theory, modesty and apparel, persecution, secular entertainment, environmentalism, 22 issues to be exact. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to wretched.org, grab your copy of Wretched Worldview 2. And hey, while you're there, snag that study guide too, because it's the perfect companion for navigating this mad, 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 mad world with wisdom and grace. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry, 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Know your reformers. William Tyndale provided the first complete translation of the New Testament into English in 1526. While he was in prison for the crime of translating the Bible, he continued to translate the Old Testament until he was strangled and burned at the stake in 1536. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Clean up on aisle seven. Clean up on aisle seven. That's not the way it sounds, though, does it? This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, do I need to do any cleanup about the Bible smuggling question that we just received sent to idea at wretched.org? Uh, I don't know. I don't. Do you think do you think that a Christian should smuggle Bibles into a country illegally? I think they can. Yeah. If an individual feels like it would be a sin for me to not do this because I am commanded by God to do this, then it's a sin. And you can do it, but you need to remember the sword in Romans 13. You might end up in jail. 
You might even be worse. And we accept that because God has put them, even the bad ones there, as ministers. And you need to be willing to pay the price when you make the decision, I have to honor God before state in this circumstance. So I think you can. On the other hand, I think you can reasonably say it sure seems that the door has been closed here, but it's wide open over there. Let's go and take advantage of that. That's Acts language. A door of ministry was open. Paul talked about this in uh, probably Colossians 4 at the end of, of Colossians 3. An oper- A door has been opened for ministry. Pray that a door will be open. And if the door is open, it might be God's desire for you to walk through it because the other one, is closed. So in my opinion, Jimmy, I think it's up to the individual. Yeah, I think it's one of those situations. As much as I would like to say definitively, do it the way that I think. <laughs> I, I think that, that it would be a personal decision. Get tons of counsel from your elders in your local church. Another benefit of the local church. Please send whatever to IL7idea at wretched.org. All right, this is from Shannon. He says, Todd, our um, our daughter is considering marriage uh, and both her, uh, she and her boyfriend are dedicated to a traditional family lifestyle. Our daughter uh, is planning to be a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling their children. Oh, I wonder if they're at the convention. Uh, maybe so. Ooh, look for them. <laughs> we couldn't be happier with their values and the love they share. However, we do have some concerns about their financial ready- readiness for marriage. Despite our suggestions to wait and stabilize their financial situation, they're going to go ahead and get married soon, renting a home, a decision we believe may cause more harm than good. Mm -hmm. As parents, how much input should we have in this decision? Yeah, this is one of those two-way streets. And this is is when the baton is being passed. And isn't that always the tricky part of the relay race? (laughs) Stumble, trip, didn't grab it, missed it, slowed down, hit their heels. Passing the baton of covenants, if you will, is tricky business because a man is to leave father and mother. They are to cleave to one another. Well, what does that process look like when they have made the decision, I sounds like, with wisdom from parents, that they are indeed a biblical match? How does that transition happen? When do they get to say, sorry, mom and dad, love you like crazy, but we think we've got this. Do they have to wait to say I do? Do they have to obey mom and dad? It's tricky territory. So I would suggest this, mom and dad, get counsel. I'm not kidding. Get counsel. Why? Because we parents have a tendency to be on tilt. And I'm not saying this is bad, but we tilt towards safety. This is so common for parents. And and by the way, this is a tangential note for sons and daughters. You need to understand that about your mom and dad. Don't expect your mom and dad to act like your friends. If you want to be affirmed in every stupid decision you make, ask your friends. Yeah, bungee jumping with a piece of twine? Cool, dude. Ask your parents. You're going to get a different response. Why? Well, they have more years. They have more wisdom. Furthermore, they care about you more than anyone. So mom and dad, we need to recognize that we are inclined to see every single potential danger as a five alarm fire and say no, because we care. We got to be careful with that. I'm not saying that you can't or shouldn't. I'm just saying 
We need to recognize that in going to get wise counsel from others in your church is a very, very helpful idea if you share the other side. Here's what we tend to do, isn't it? Did I, I really need your counsel. Jimmy the other day said this. Then he did that. And the next thing you know, before I could even leave the office having cleaned up that mess, he does that thing again. What do you think I should do about Jimmy? And you never share what you did or the other side. So make sure you're prepared to represent your kids the best way you can and don't have the gun loaded. You know what I'm talking about, mom and dad. Oh, I did share the other side. But the truth is you even shared that in such a way that it tilted the response to an affirmative in your direction. So go get counsel. And now having begged the question that long, what might I do? I I think my inclination, I'm I'm I I I I'm a little hesitant in this because until I'm actually doing it, I I, I might not come up with the same conclusion. But as best I can tell, I would continue to lovingly say, hey, can we just work through these numbers again? Let's go through this again, because mom and dad, oftentimes, even a poor couple that gets married does better because it is joint income and expenses get cut. But I don't know the numbers of the situation. You've determined bad idea. Ultimately, I think I might get to the point where I would say, all right, y'all, we're going to give this one last run and then we're not going to bring it up again. Just know that we believe that this is a premature decision. But if you're going to choose to make it, then we look forward to the wedding and we look forward to you thriving and you let them do their thing. And you say, do you know what that could cost me? I know. And you can make that decision later. Might you? Here's here's a conundrum for you. You gave advice to your kids. They didn't heed it. They got married and their finances struggled. Or all of a sudden. She gets pregnant. Oh, didn't expect that. And she has to stay home, can't work because of the child. Now it's just one income and they don't have a chance of surviving fiscally. You're going to bail them out? Be honest. One one side of us goes, not a chance when I told them not to do it. On the other hand, yeah, you told them not to do it. They were foolish. They made a bad decision. And parents step in to help their kids. Go ahead. Solve that conundrum. And you say, a lot of details that would be needed. Exactly. And it can get really tricky. And my heart can be deceptive. How can I make the best decision in the context of your local church? Talk about this with, wouldn't this be a better conversation? As long as it's not trash talk about your kids, then getting together to talk about the primaries again. What do you think? Hey, Trump is at 48 and DeSantis, he seems to be coming up. Did you see what Carrie Lake did? And Okay, have those conversations. But wouldn't it be nice to maybe have some really lovingly seasoned Christian conversations about issues like this with one another? Because I'll bet if I'm in a room with two other couples who have older kids, I'll bet you one of them has the experience that I'm dealing with. And maybe I've got an experience in something they're dealing with and we can help. What are the words that I'm looking for that are repeated in the Bible over 40 times? Oh, we can help one another make these big decisions 
in your local church and send your response to the conundrum I gave you to idea at wretched.org. I'm not kidding. If you've got, what would you do, Jimmy? What would I do? Yeah. All right. One of the boys. Yeah. He's, oh, mm, she's it. Mm. And you go, son, I, I know the numbers. I know what you make. Got a pretty good idea of what she makes. It's going to be really hard. I, I think you need to get your debt paid down. I think you need to finish school, whatever it is. What are, what are you going to do when they go, no, not going to do it, Pop? Well, you know, I, that's that's it's hard. You You've got the answer. I just I, gave the answer. You gave me the answer, but. I go to my local church and spend time with other people who have been through this. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. Weren't but, you listening? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't either, frankly. The point is, these conundrums are difficult. Now, might I just turn the table for a moment? What about you, youngin? Your mom and dad, they're not jerks. They're, they're good Christian folks. No, they're not right about everything. Only Mrs. Friel and I can claim that. Do you honor them? I, I think the answer is you really should strive to do that. They're not stupid. If they care for you, like I know they do, you should try to do everything. And if not, then sit down and make your case. They're not knuckleheads. Go, well, okay, mom and dad, we're going to open up the checkbook. Here's our spreadsheet. I've got a Google Doc on this. And they might just point out to you and say, okay, those three columns right there are really speculative because you don't have the gig yet. You don't, you don't have that money yet. They might be able to say the plan is a little bit tenuous. Both parties need to work together. And if push comes to shove, because you're not married, push comes to shove, and we got to toss a coin on this. The tip is going to go to... That's our sound effect. It's going to go to... Mom and Dad. This is Wretched Radio. It's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. In an attempt to minimize the backlash caused by that Dylan Mulvaney controversy, Anheuser-Busch has sent a letter to wholesalers. In the letter, they say that the can that features Mulvaney's face on it, which was seen on a video produced by Mulvaney, wasn't actually meant for mass production or sale. It was only one can given to one influencer. The company clarified in the letter that it has announced a new VP of Bud Light Marketing, and it's also offering a free case of beer to every employee of its wholesaler network. <laughs> Cheers for the damage control. And moving on to the high seas, the U.S. Navy has hired active duty sailor and drag queen Joshua Kelly, a.k.a. Harpy Daniels, to be the face of the Navy's campaign to fight dropping recruitment. And they've hired this guy to boost those numbers because apparently drag queens attract people. <laughs> In this world, they certainly have been. And I don't mention entertainment news too often, but this is from American Idol, where Judge Luke Bryan praised a contestant named Megan Danielle for sharing her faith during her performance of Go Rest High on That Mountain, which was a tribute to her late grandfather. Turning to education now, it seems that U.S. history and civic scores of 8th graders have hit an all-time low. 
According to the Department of Education, only about 13% of students met proficiency standards in U.S. history, and only one-fifth of students were proficient or better in civics. Maybe it's time to make kids put down the smartphones and pick up some history books. In Louisiana, a mother testified before the state house's Health and Welfare Committee stating that her child's affinity for raw green vegetables, get this, are you ready, was a sign that led her to believe her child would identify as transgender. And another mother who testified at the same hearing claimed that her 18-month-old is gravitating toward boy toys during shopping trips, and that is an early indicator that her child will eventually identify as a male. Talk about reading the tea leaves, or in this case, the kale. And finally, a white paper titled Abortion's Long-Term Negative Impact on Men was recently released by the Support After Abortion Group. It was a study that found that 71% of men experienced an adverse change in themselves after their abortion losses, with pro-life men more likely to say they had experienced an adverse change. Yeah, I would say so. Additionally, in the study, 45% of men reported that they had no voice or choice in their partner's abortion decision. I definitely believe that, and the impact that men face with decisions of murdering their baby, whether it's in their hands or out of their hands, it's a conversation that needs to be had. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Mexican. The Incarnation is one of the greatest miracles recorded in the Bible. At the Incarnation, the eternal God became a human being. He did not abandon his deity, nor did he put on a human shell like a hand puts on a puppet. Jesus Christ is 100% human and 100% God, the only acceptable sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Just waiting for you to resolve them, their conundrums. This is Wretched Radio. Even during the break, Jimmy and I are like, well, you know, on the other hand, <laughs> when we first got married, we didn't have a a bank account that was respectable. Jimmy, you said, oh, hold on. Oh. Oh. Ow. I didn't throw on my back. It's what I'm about to say. You didn't. <laughs> Oh, you're mm, what you said was really smart. (laughs) Go ahead. Can you remember it? uh, You're taking your Asha Washa Washa Honda. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I think it's hard because we want we want our kids to to start life where they are right now as they're living with us. Right. And and at your level. Right. And skip all of the struggle Mm -hmm. that we went through. Mm -hmm. But the other side of it is is that struggle we went through made us who we are now that well and that is that is very true but that would not justify a really bad decision oh no no no. but your point is taken right oh did did any well i suppose there are some people that are blessed that way but (laughs) i don't know how many jobs you had when you first got married but i had three yep (laughs) that's what you just did. You worked to make ends meet and then you slowly built from there. It's et cetera. So you're right. We want to be careful that we don't want our kids to have our standard of living as the bar for making a decision as to whether or not they're prepared to fly the nest. Just a thought. and, And maybe you've done this. If you've been through this scenario, what you could say to the kids is tell you what, If it's not with us, that's okay. 
But do this with somebody. Take your plan. Your plan needs to really be thorough. You need to have listed all of your expenses, all of your income. You need to have a balance sheet for what you've got right now. Then we're going to create a new budget. It's the budget as if you did get married. So here's the the easy part is the income. You're going to put your joint salaries together, which, by the way, young husband and wife, if you don't have one bank account that you share, you're in trouble already. You do not have any money anymore. Y'all have money. It's not yours. Not is. It's y'all's. Y'all's? All y'all? All's y'all? That's, that's it. All's y'all. What's the plural of y'all's? Use guys. Allen's y'all. Use guys. There you have it right there. <laughs> Put the numbers together and then take the sheet of this is what our expenses will be. Then go through your bank statements for the last three months to verify those were indeed the expenses. This indeed was the income. Does that shake with the new plan? Will it actually work? And let's say, let's just say... And there can be variables here because the goal is we want our kids to get married to somebody godly, don't we? Sooner the better, in my opinion. They want to get married. Ooh, but we're dealing with finances, which is no small thing. It is an issue. You look at those numbers and you can make a decision. Then both parties can make a decision based on what the bottom line looks like and what color it is. Is it red or is it black? If it's in the black, you can go, all right, you're going to make it. But you've got like $4 in resources. Ugh. You need to know that's that's like, okay, but there, there's some there's inherent dangers there. Now, let's say that it's $4 in the red. You could go, okay, I, I don't think that's a big deal. You could do a side hustle, uh, you know, Christmas money, whatever that you're not thinking. Of. You guys, you, you'll make it. But again, wisdom would suggest you're, you're cutting it really close there. Now, Let's just say that's the scenario for the moment. All I can tell you is what I would do as a parent. I would say, you just need to know it's a little bit dicey. It's not ideal, but if you believe that you can handle it, God bless your marriage. Go. When when are we going to be eating some overpriced rubbery chicken? And and I would be inclined to let them make decisions. And and, and the reason is throughout teen dumb. You need to increasingly let your kids make decisions. You're not raising kids. You're raising adults, trying to bring them up. And along the way, if you're trying to let them make decisions, to be that hyper-controlling at this stage, they're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, um, you're going to let them make their decisions because they've got everything that they need. They're adults. You're going to be responsible. Now, that's that scenario. But there's another one. This scenario that is, hey, look at that. You guys have like $400 a month in excess funds. Well done. This looks great. Let's go to the chapel. But what if it's $400 a month short? Now, that can get tricky too. Mom and dad, God has blessed you with the gift of gifts. You have a hefty bank account. You might step in. You could. Other people would be like, there's just no way we can take on that burden. Besides, we're trying to prepare for retirement. We we just can't do that. Would I say to my kid, well, you're an adult, carry on. I don't think I would. I think I'd be more inclined to say, y'all, numbers don't lie. They just don't shade the truth. This is reality. 
you're not going to be, something's got to go. Your pet, you, that's where they go off to the shelter. That's why they're loaded these days. Food, oh, you like to eat out once a week. That's not going to happen. How are you going to pay your rent? How's that car payment going to happen? Oh, I, I'd be more inclined to say you are in trouble deep. And I really think we need to take some time to get this on right for, for you. But let's not be foolish in this. Now, here's the question, Jimmy. Yes. Yeah, thanks for that, Dad. We're getting married. What would you what would you say? No. What would you say? Now, what should you say? What, what, what would I, you say? Go ahead. You would. Don't say I didn't tell you. Yes, yeah, see, there, there it is right there. <laughs> okay, hold on. Would you say this? And if you find yourself with creditors at your door, don't call me. Mm, no, I, I don't think I would. That's that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Uh, but How's about this? If there's creditors at your door, look, um, oh, we might be able to help you. We might not. Right. Yeah, that's right. Be re- ready for that. I think a lot of it, too, is, is just the toot in which it's delivered. But you can make that decision when that bridge needs to be crossed. Yeah, it's it's so hard, especially with that um, that deficit, $400 a month that you mentioned. You're going to run off and get married. You've got a deficit of $400 a month. What what have you thought about? Are you gonna, what, what happens if you have kids and you're not expecting it, and not planning on it? Well, I got eight hundred dollars in savings <laughs> from the newspaper route. Do yeah. they still do that? Yeah. No, no, probably not. What yeah, if the dryer goes reference. out? Okay, yeah. But see, here's here's the challenge in this, and and I'm glad you're eavesdropping. If you're younger, you don't think the dryer is going to break. It's just not going to happen to you. No, my car won't have any trouble. The transmission isn't going to fall off on 400, (laughs) but that'll never listen to wisdom, hear it, apply it, think it. And this is no, I'm not saying that that it automatically dictates in every scenario. You got to do it now, by the way, when you're married, this this just isn't a debate. If you go to mom, hey, mom and dad. I'm thinking about buying this Corvette. And the parent says, what do you like, 50? <laughs> I'm buying this Corvette. What do you think? I think it's a terrible idea. All right. Well, thanks for that. Pfft, off you go and you buy the car. Mom and dad, you let them. You don't have that authority anymore. Yeah. It's this transition time. And if you're on the younger end of it, if you want to be really higher than your peers, Listen to your parents. I'm not, I know that is like, it, it just, it's as if I just put a broken bottle into your mouth and said, swallow, oh, listen to my parents. You want to do something countercultural? Listen to your parents. You, you want to do something that will advance you fast? Listen to your parents. Now, I know there's scenarios. I get it. Uh, most teenagers, unfortunately, think their parents qualify for the title of toxic. They're they're not all. There are some. I grant you that they're dangerous. They're drunks. They're drug. What? But you you got yourself some Christian parents. You you'll do well to listen to them. And how do I know? Because there happens to be one commandment with a promise of blessing, and it is to honor your father and mother. And one of the ways that you can honor them is by saying, "Okay, I I don't think that I'd make that decision, mom and dad. But you know what?" Uh, you're twice as old and twice as wise as I am. And by the way, if you don't believe that, you're 20 years old. Do you think you're wiser than a 10-year-old? 
What would you think about a 10 year old who goes, yeah, well, I, I don't care. 20 year old. What do you, what do you know about going to high school? Well, I graduated from high school and I can tell you some things. You would be a little dismayed, probably not surprised at a 10 year old, but I don't think a 20 year old should be acting like a 10 year old. A wise 20 year old says, all right, I'm taking this very earnestly. And if I make this decision and it fails, I'll trust God's sovereignty. I'll rest in his promises, knowing that that was best. And I will have honored my parents along the way. And God will bless you because he promises to. I know you've got a scenario in mind right now. I'm not talking about that scenario in particular. Just back off for a minute. Just step back and go, does God promise a blessing for honoring parents? And you got to apply all the Proverbs about receiving wisdom. And there are times when you can say, no, got all of that. But my encouragement is if you want to be unique, you want to be wise, hmm, take your mom and dad seriously. This is Wretched Radio. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds, 54,000 babies were saved, 69 ultrasound machines were placed, 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. We cannot thank our loyal monthly gospel partners enough for consistently helping us strive to touch the lives of millions of people all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your unwavering support means the world to us. Literally, just like this testimony we received from Beth, who said, quote, because of Witness Wednesday, I'm now able to articulate the hope inside me. And hey, Gospel Partner, your contributions made that possible. Now, if you're listening and you're not yet an ongoing monthly Gospel Partner, well, hey, what are you waiting on? We're ECFA approved, which means that you will have no worry at all about where your money's going. 83% of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry efforts. All you have to do is visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? 
Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Revelation. God has revealed himself through many means, including the conscience. God has given each person a conscience so that they can understand his moral standard and their failure to keep that standard. While the conscience can be deadened and twisted by sin, every human being has an innate knowledge of God's law. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, let's see if we get to this. <laughs> Seems like an appropriate time to talk about parenting. A whilst at a homeschool convention, teach them diligently. If you haven't been to one, you should go. If homeschooling scares you, go to a homeschool convention. You will first be overwhelmed. Then you'll start to get a handle on it and go, whoa, this could be done in our home. Uh, Check out a homeschool convention, specifically teach them diligently. Jimmy, you were continuing the conversation <laughs> about parenting and child relations. Yeah, there's so, so many layers to this. Uh, it, it's We can talk it to death, but... Here's what I would glean from that, though. I'm always a little bit gun-shy. When I hear hard and fast rules, I get it. Ultimately, a parent does have authority until the kid is out of the house. Okay, now what if the kid is out of the house but not married? But then the kid is out of the house and married. The kid still lives in the house and is married. Ah! Sometimes I'll hear these Christian parenting gurus and it's like, this is the way it should always. Children always listen to your parents and do absolutely everything they say. And on the other hand, this you know what the big trend is these days? Doormat parenting. This is how you're supposed to deal with your teenage kids. Be a doormat. Let them walk all over you because if you don't, they're going to run away and ghost you. No, I'm sorry. I just don't dig these. Do it exactly like this. Do it exactly like that. Because wisdom needs to be applied in these complexities. So you were going to say, Jimmy. So kids listening to their parents, it's it's a dicey thing. They should be honoring their parents. Yes. They should be listening. That's the whole thing that we're telling them right now. Respect your parents' wisdom. They've been there. They've done that. But in situations where they just refuse to. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I would counsel uh, couples was, is is find someone that you know, another Christian couple that's 10 years older than you, that maybe is closer to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Go talk to them. Go get their advice. I promise you they're going to tell you the same things that your parents are okay, telling Okay. You. So the kid is 20. Mm-hmm. They're living at home. They don't want to listen to you. Go find a 30-year-old right. who's godly. To share it. That, that's been there. Yes. Um, I, I promise you, they're going to give you some of the cl- closest advice that your parents. You, you know what? You're exactly right. And I, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little verklempt. I've had one of those glorious moments. Uh, this was a few years ago. Now I can't remember exactly, but we were at the Thanksgiving, the Christmas table. <laughs> and one of our kids was telling a story, something about somebody driving through their neighborhood. And I literally yelled slow down. And suddenly I realized my parents weren't idiots. <laughs> right. And that maybe 
I'm becoming just like them. <laughs> the gravy got thin from my tears because they do get it at some point, sooner, better than later, hopefully. But you're right. That's not a bad piece of advice there, Jimmy Jam. Kids usually tend to hear it better from someone closer to their now, own age. Now, somebody's going to bristle and say, I shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't. No, that's absolutely you're right. right. You, you, you shouldn't. But mm. wisdom. Mm. What do you want? Do you want them to just submit because they're commanded to? Or do you want to be wise in helping them to mature? And if helping them to make the wise decision means you got to take a little time, you got to identify that kid. This is, by the way, why intergenerational churches, it's important. And you call on that individual, which, by the way, I got to tell you, can you imagine this is the beauty of the local church? Let's just paint a little scenario here of perfection, I grant you, but the beauty of the local church. So Jimmy, as a teenager, who is being really dumb and it's actually true. Okay. <laughs> Let's imagine Jimmy as a teenager, that's being really dumb, won't listen. And Jimmy finds a 30 year old. He knows this 30 year old and approaches him after church and says, Hey, uh, Stan, which no 30 year old would actually be named. Hey, Stan, could I, um, uh, could I spend a few moments with you? Do you have the time right now? Or can I take you out for a coffee? I need your help, brother. Oh, oh, what do you think they're going to do? No, old man, I won't help you. I'm 30. Why would I help you? They're going to be like, why, really? And then you, you explain to them, my son, he's going through this. It looks like you've learned that lesson. Would you be willing to come alongside my son and support us in our parenting efforts to try to instill some wisdom into them? We'd be so blessed by you if you did that. Come on, look at this. So your kid is going to get some wise counsel from somebody who is a little nearer in age, and that's wise. They, the 30-year-old, oh, I get to be utilized and a an adult, a big person came to me because remember, you don't become an adult till you're 35 these days. A big person came to me and, whoa, I got to be involved in downloading some wisdom to a teenager. They gave me that responsibility because they trust me. And look at what you get. You get a teenager who hopefully isn't a knucklehead anymore. That's the beauty of the local church. All righty, Jimmy, are you all done? We've solved the world's problem. I think that's it. All right, here we go. Hi, Todd. Um, my name is Matthew. I am trying to be saved. I want to be saved. I have cried out to God many times in my life. Most recently, obviously, the past couple of years. Um, at a point in time, I thought I was saved, but I wasn't. But now I feel like my only motivation is to not go to hell. And I don't know how to get out of that mentality. I'm in constant agony mm. and despair every day. I, I need help. You know, I, I want to be saved. I don't know how to cognitively put all of my trust in Christ alone, through faith alone. Why I need help. I'm in absolute agony. Oh, dude. I wish I went to church with you. Because I would find it an absolute joy to hang with you. Because what you are experiencing, first of all, you need to know you are not weird because this is a common malady. 
And my encouragement to you is if you're not in a good local church, get in one immediately. I'm not kidding. Nobody has a fortune cookie statement for you that is suddenly going to go, boom, there it is. There's a lot. In that, was that 40 seconds long? I heard no less than six issues because when I'm listening, I'm trying to like mark the, and it's, oh, okay. Oh, wait, that, oh, wait, that's going on too. There are so many complexities in this. It demands more than fortune cookie slogans or simply saying, well, here's the Bible verse. You're done. What does it require? I think because you're in agony, you need to know, first of all, you don't have to be. And you won't be if you follow God's precepts for getting out of agony. What are they? Read your Bible. Make sure you're in the word. Now you're going to go, well, I, I do that, but just keep reading your word. This is God's prescription. You've got a malady. What does God say is the cure? He says, read your Bible. Be in a local church sitting under the authority of preaching and be there as often as you can. Are you praying? Dude, send an email to, to idea at wretched.org. If you don't have a copy, you can't afford a copy of Ken Boas face-to-face. We'll give you a copy. If you can't afford a copy of Gospel Assurance by Mike Abendroth, compiled by Mike Abendroth, you can't afford it. You just send an email to idea at wretched.org. Todd, you said on the air that you'd send me some stuff. Send me your address. We'll send you that stuff if you can't afford it. Our gift to you. And then you're going to have to go to work on that. And you're going to have to start praying probably a little bit more and with a little bit more focus, courtesy of that book, Face to Face, Praying the Scriptures by Ken Boa. It's going to be some work. Read great stuff by dead guys in gospel assurance and and think on it. Been thinking this is this is something that I've been challenging people to do lately. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the God is the father's love. Stop and think about that. That's poetic language. You get it. It's big. No, no, no. Think about it. How big is it? You mean, I'm going to get to the bottom of the ocean before I get to the bottom of God's love? Think about it and let it soak into you. Fellowship with other believers. Let other believers speak into your life and encourage you and say, bro, you keep saying that you're not acting any differently. I'm seeing it all over the place in you. Furthermore, Maybe your theology is a bit confused that you think you have to have a really big faith. Jesus said a mustard seed faith is sufficient. Maybe you're confusing justification with sanctification. You think that you need to be fully sanctified now, and anytime you sin, you're no longer justified, and you're confusing these two theologies, and you need to remember the doctrine of adoption, which is the baloney between the two slices of bread that keeps them separate. Because you've been adopted into God's family. That's why you try hard and you recognize I can't ever be kicked out of God's family. So, dude, you're in agony. Send us an email, idea at wretched.org, if we can help you in that regard. And please, 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 I beg you, become a serving member of a local church. And God will move you out of the realm of agony. Pray for that, brother. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.